Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. Hope you're doing well. This is Josh Nelson at the Wiser Financial Advisor Show. I had the chance recently to sit down with my good friend, Frank Fumi, who is a pioneer in the youth sports industry, best known for being the founder of I-9 Sports, which is the nation's first and leading franchiser of youth leagues and camps. He sold his business in 2017 and became the best-selling author of the book, Running With My Head Down. This conversation today is not just about business. It's also about life and it's about a transition that a lot of people struggle with. A lot of us end up being very successful as we're building our careers or our businesses. So the science of achievement is that, and we've got that mastered, but what about fulfillment? What about making that transition out of the achievement mindset and on to what's next? So we're going to visit about that today. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. So welcome, Frank. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun conversation today. Um, really, a, a lot of the people that listen to this show are in a similar situation to to you and I. Actually, people in their forties, fifties that have really mastered not only uh, you know their uh, their finances, but also really mastered some area of business, either their own business or they've been very very successful in their careers. So the, the science of achievement, I think, you know, they've kind of got that down. And I, I think you and I have, you know, to a large degree, mm-hmm. but then there's that whole other element of things, the art of fulfillment. And I, I think for a lot of folks, and this is kind of where we'll go with the conversation today is that, you know, for a lot of folks, they struggle with the idea of not running their business or what it looks like to quote unquote retire or even financial freedom, financial independence, whatever term that you want to use for that. Uh, once the financial success side of things, once you've got the income coming in, then there's the question, now what? Frank, if, if we could kind of back up a little bit though, how did you even get into being an entrepreneur? I mean, really, where was that journey to taking the risk and stepping out there many years ago to starting your business? Well, Josh, I was not raised in a entrepreneur family. Um, I was sort of raised with the mentality of, you you know, you go to college, you get a job, you work at the company for 30 years, you get the gold watch, the retirement. That was sort of the, um, you know, the mindset uh, that I was raised in. But it was not something that I, I, I knew deep down that was that was not me. Um, when I graduated from St. John's University in 1990 in New York, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do like many college students. I went to school for business. I ended up working in medical sales, which is really a, you know, a, a very lucrative career that many people do. And for many people, it's very rewarding. Uh, for me, it, it, I didn't have passion for it. Uh, I was calling on open heart surgeons in New York City, world renowned, multimillionaire, uh, these surgeons that were well known. And I just, I was this young, you know, 22 year old and I was making an awful lot of money in my early twenties doing this. But on the weekends, I was playing softball with college buddies. And I stumbled on the fact that these softball leagues, 
they were really a business, but they weren't being treated like a business. And I loved softball so much. And I saw there was a great need to treat this as a business. So lo and behold, um, I started running a softball league and it was, you know, games on the weekends. And, um, my dad was dead against it for me to go into business because he was in the medical field. Uh, he worked as a, uh, a cardiac uh, perfusionist. He's the guy that ran the heart lung machine during surgery. And um, for me to work in open heart medical sales was sort of like, you know, a, a perfect fit what he thought, but it, it just didn't, it didn't wet my whistle, you know? And I felt like I needed to go in the direction that I was comfortable with. And I loved sports. Um, and, uh, I saw this great need. So start the softball league. It, um, despite many leagues that were out there that said, Hey, you'll never succeed. Worked hard, grew this league out in New York. Uh, we were up to almost a thousand softball teams. And at one point it's doing like, Oh, I don't know, like $750,000 a year in revenue. I was over the moon. Um, I quit my medical sales job. I was running that, running those leagues. My wife and I moved to the Tampa Bay area, started running flag football leagues for kids. Started growing out those leagues out and realized, wait a minute, I'm on to something here. We have leagues in New York, Florida, adult kids. How can I expand this? And for me, it was franchising I thought was the best vehicle. So I became a student of the industry of franchising. I learned everything I could. I went to a franchise consultant firm uh, and uh, they helped franchise my concept. And um, I started I-9 Sports, franchised it back in 2003. And... The business grew to nearly a thousand locations, 30 states, over 3 million kids have played in I-9 sports. So that was all the good. I was getting all this fulfillment, all this growth, all my hopes and dreams met. One day I got to the point about 2015 where I realized I grew this business all the way to my wildest dreams, but I don't think I'm fulfilled anymore. And I started having an enormous amount of guilt because I thought my business was my purpose in life. That was crossroads that I hit there. Yeah. And, and so to kind of back up, you know, making that transition early on, you were kind of moonlighting with the softball league and kind of getting that ramped up. And so by the time that you started, by the time you left the corporate job, in other words, mm-hmm. you already had some income kind of flowing in and that was doing well. Yeah. I didn't quit the medical sales job. I had them both concurrently running. We were married just a couple of years. We had a baby at home. I was deathly, deathly afraid, Josh, of going on my own and doing this full time. I had only heard of the failures and the, the scary stories of other family members that went into business and why they failed. And it was never, the, they didn't fail because of their own doing. It was always, you know, somebody else. It was, uh, it was very discouraging. I got to the point where I hit emotional threshold, where I was really so miserable in the corporate world. I started thinking, how will I feel, you know, five years from now, if I keep doing this? And Alternatively, if I start this business, or I, I should say, if I go into it full time, there's a possibility, there's potential, it might actually work. Right. I knew that if I took control, that I could be successful because the realization I had when I got into business was wait a minute, I can't be fired <laughs> if I have my own business. Like, I control my own destiny. Well, fast forward now all the way to 2015. So I9 Sports is, you know, quote unquote, successful. I should be happy, top of the mountain. And I felt like I wasn't fulfilled. Um, I actually went to a Tony Robbins business mastery, not to learn additional business skills. <laughs> I actually went to try to get my mojo back. I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm, I'm taking notes as I usually am at a, at a Tony event. 
in this case, uh, I heard him say success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. Yeah. And it kind of hit me between the eyes when he said that. And um, the next line he said, I'll never forget this. He said, if you don't have passion for what you do, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your company to get out, to sell and move on. Now, that was the turning point for me, Josh, because the last thing I would have ever wanted to do was hurt my company. Again, I loved my business, but I was no longer fulfilled. Fortunately, I had hired a great team of people who all knew exactly what to do. They had a role. I didn't have a role anymore in my company. Mm. I would literally go to my, my business and I didn't have anything to do, which I know it sounds like a great idea, right. but if you start a business because you have passion and you want to do something, you want to roll up your sleeves and get involved. And then suddenly you don't have anything to do. Your purpose is in question. And that's exactly where I was. That was it. That was the breaking point because the last thing I would ever want to do is hurt the baby. My business was my baby. Right. At that point, I'm probably around 47 years old. And I'm thinking, you know something? I can't be stupid here. I'm not going to live forever. This is not a business that I could just give to my kids. They were, they were teens. The business was way too big to ever do something so irresponsible as let them manage a a big franchise organization. So I said to my wife, we have to stop thinking like, uh, as, uh, as we hear an artist and we need to start thinking more as an entrepreneur and be smart about this because we're not going to live forever. And I think it's time to take some chips off the table. That was the first step in the, in the process. Yeah. I would guess a lot of your identity was wrapped up in that. It was me, uh, me and I nine sports were one. I mean, I tell entrepreneurs this all the time. If you truly love your business, and it's not about your ego, <laughs> but if you truly love it, you give the business what it needs. And guess what? Sometimes that means it needs something more than you. Maybe, like I found in my first business when I was running my softball league in New York, to me, back then, back in the 90s, oh my gosh, Josh, that was like the pinnacle. Like, I get to get paid to run a softball league. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But little did I know, that was just one step. In my journey, I didn't have a vision for I-9 sports and running kids sports and franchising back in the 90s. I thought about this adult men's softball league. But I take the same concept when I get to the point where I'm unfulfilled at I-9 sports, but I'm having this inner conflict of my purpose. And then having this realization like, wait a minute, that wasn't my purpose in life either. That was just one step in the journey. So I believe that our purpose in life is to be fulfilled and that 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 our purpose consists of many missions. So for me, that softball league in New York was one mission. As big as I-9 sports became, that was one giant mission, but it also wasn't the end. So I did a lot of soul searching to get to this, to get to this point where I can actually speak to you about this and to actually put in words because it was a bit of a challenge as I was living through it. But as I reflect on it now, I see like, wow, it was an amazing mission, but the mission is over. And guess what? It's time to move on. Right. And time to be fulfilled. You know, kind of fast forwarding to, you know, liquidity event and not that we have to share dollar amounts at all. Um, but you were at a point basically where you didn't have to work. I mean, you really could be retired. You could be financially free and independent. You had to be excited, right? When that happened, how long was that exciting? And you were at the top of the mountain. It was the most exhilarating two weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and I, what I, happened I, at the I, end of two weeks? At the end of two weeks, I realized, uh, oh crap, I got what I wished for. 
Um, and that was the big payday. And, uh, yeah. Um, now what do I do now? What's next? After all, my, my friends are working. I can't exactly just start calling people, people up and say, Hey, let's, let's play golf. Or, you know, how often can you go to the movies or go to the beach? I mean, I'm too young. Right. And somebody would say, Josh, somebody would say to me, oh, you're retired. Right. To me, it didn't translate into financial freedom for me. Tell me about kind of that next part of the journey when you were, well, when you were retired. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately, my wife and I do have a really good relationship. And it, she was facing the same struggle in a different way. And I know that you have, if you have listeners that are in their 40s and 50s, they're experiencing probably much of that where my wife was busy with the kids. She homeschooled the kids for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Right around the time I was selling the company, our kids were finishing school. My daughter was off to college. My son wanted to go to high school. He wanted to finish his schooling at the, at the high school. And now my wife is starting to question what's next. Both of us yeah. are at the end of a journey that had been so comfortable for us for 20 something years. But for us, the problem was, what do we want life to look like? It sounds exciting to go, wow, we have this blank canvas. We do whatever we want, but there's still uncomfort because we did live in certainty, the certainty that we had a business that was thriving, the certainty that she was getting fulfillment of raising the kids, doing the schooling. I was home every night. So we spent time together as a family still, but there was still a big question of what's next. Like, what are we supposed to do? And, um, it became a question mark for almost too long, I would say, where we started questioning it and then fear started entering into the equation. Right, right. And so some pain, right? Uh, again, totally. pain, pain's a great motivator. So you were both experiencing some of that and, and, and fill it in if I'm missing something that I remember being in a room with you, um, actually at a Tony meeting and, you raised your hand. What made you raise your hand um, and and say, "Hey, you know, Tony, I, I have a question." Well, I'll, I'll I'll try to be real brief on this one sure. because it's a little long. But the truth is that he had us do this activity. You may recall the activity was what were some of the primary personalities that were were your drivers, say five, ten years ago, and you wrote them down on mm-hmm. a piece of paper and you drew circles on how how. Uh, how big of a priority they were, or how big the circles were. For me, five, 10 years ago, it was about being this achiever and this entrepreneur. And it was about also being this husband and father. And But I also had these little circles that said unfulfilled and resentful because if, if it was five years ago, I, 10 years ago, I started feeling that way about my business, right? Where I was no longer fulfilled. The second part of the activity was, I want you to rewrite all those primary personalities on where you are today. I wrote all those uh, priorities and guess what? Unfulfilled, resentful, entrepreneur, all those things were there. And I had this epiphany. The observation was, is that I had been living like this entrepreneur warrior, so to speak, where I was looking for the next battle and I no longer had a business. I no longer had another battle to fight. Mm. And that's why I was unfulfilled. Like I didn't have a next. So the truth is I raised my hand to just share, Hey, Tony, you know, it's funny. I had this, this weird uh, observation looking at the past and present me that they were the same person looking for. I was looking for this next battle, this next challenge, 
And as you know from being there, he also, he noted to me that I had been this exhausted entrepreneur warrior, so to speak, and that there was not a next battle to fight. And that maybe I needed to look at not playing small, as he would put it, not play small ball, but really uh, ask myself, what gives me fulfillment? What are the things that I hoped and dreamed for in my life? And how can I maybe take my, what I've done in, in life to help others? Maybe it's not about me anymore. Yeah, that's a beautiful transition. And you know that kind of brings you a little bit closer to where we are today. So tell me kind of what happened next. Was your wife there at the event or was this something you shared with her later on? I shared with her when I got home. It's yeah. funny because when I got home and she said to me, hey, did you, do you have a chance to talk to Tony? And I said, uh, yeah, I kind of <laughs> In a very did. public and way. Like, yeah, what did you mean by that? I said, oh, I don't know. I kind of had an inner... Tony kind of did an intervention with me and she knows what an intervention, the Tony intervention looks like from yeah. being at events. And I said, yeah, from what I was told, I was up there for about an hour that mm-hmm. Tony was drilling me. And the truth is, Josh, you know, I really needed the kick in the butt. And I shared yeah. with her exactly what Tony had shared. And we thought about really, how are we living and what do we want life to look like? And that was very motivating for me to have Tony say, you know, you're better than this. And Tony also said, when you sell your business, It's not like you're, when you're at the top of the mountain, it's not like that's it, you're at the top and you're going to start over again. You're going to take from what you've learned and from where you are and actually grow from there. And that to me was really encouraging because I realized, wait a minute, life is really about, was always about fulfillment. I started the softball league because I wanted to be fulfilled. It was something I had passion for. I started I-9 Sports and franchise it, not because I just wanted to make money. I did it because I was passionate about it. And I forgot that my secret to my success was always about doing something I was passionate about. So that led me to coming back from the Tony event and saying to my wife, what are we passionate about? Mm, I'm passionate yeah. about helping others avoid pain. <laughs> For me, that is in franchising. That's my wheelhouse. That's what I did. And I went through so many highs and lows that I thought, I think I can create a company not for me starting an, a, another business, but I think I can help entrepreneurs that are successful in their own right, that are looking to franchise their business. I can help them avoid pain by contributing to them and guiding them. And hence, I started a new company that really does just that. It's providing capital and advisory to people who are looking to franchise their concept because God knows I did that. And I went through so many highs and lows. I feel like I can contribute in a whole new way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that you and your wife uh, get to do together too, right? Absolutely. So now it's totally different. Yeah. Now that my wife and I can do this together, you got to remember that I came home from running my business and I complained to her about what was wrong. You know, I tell her also what was right, but inevitably, you, you know, you share with your spouse what's going on and she was an incredible support system for me my entire time of having the business. It was really a we business, even though she wasn't in the office. Mm, And uh, now we get to do this together. And I think that for her, she's able to relate and help the spouse if it is primarily, say, the husband running the business, uh, which in many cases, that's who I've been dealing with. And she's able to work with the spouse and help the spouse along, not just emotionally of what uh, she's going through or what she went through, but how they can do this together and how they, the spouse together as a, as a couple that they can be much more supportive of each other and help grow the business. Because ultimately it's really about 
doing this together. doesn't mean the spouse, both spouses have to be in the office together, but ultimately you have to have a great support system. And uh, coming from franchising and being around so many franchisees, that the most successful franchisees in my system, it was always the people that had support right. and having a belief. But if I had a situation where I had a franchisee where or an entrepreneur where the spouse was not supportive, did not believe in the concept, they were the first one to say, I told you so when they had a bad day. Mm. And inevitably, that business did not do well. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have that support uh, through the spouse uh, or significant other. What advice would you give to somebody, not on the financial side necessarily, but on the emotional mm-hmm. side as far as how to get ready for that? I think the first thing to do is to have a real heart-to-heart talk with yourself and really think, kind of reflect inside, are your needs being met? Are you truly happy in that business or in that company that you work for today? Are you working for that that business, uh, for that company, or are you still in that business because it's what you do and that's who your identity has been? If the answer is yes, that you're not as happy, it is time to start thinking about making that change. Because look, you're not going to live forever, right? You didn't you didn't get into that business or work for that company because just to make money. I mean, some people have, but even if you were that person where you did it just for the money, chances are you you know you sell as an entrepreneur and you you move on to another next challenge. Life is really about fulfillment, and I think if you have achieved that level of success but are not feeling that passion inside, I think you're going to look back years from now and say. Would have, could have, should have. I should have left um, at the time where I hit that that breaking point where I was no longer fulfilled. And if your identity is tied up where you and you you think you and your business are one, uh, to me, you know, to to that, if if that's the case, uh, let this be the alarm bells going off. I want to be that alarm bell to you to say stop. You are not your business. Your business is not you. And if that's the case, then maybe it's your ego talking because if you really love your business, your business should outlive you. That's what Mm -hmm. my hope was for I-9 Sports. I want it to live well beyond me. Absolutely. And what about the person who's already made that transition and uh, whether they're probably past that two weeks, right, where they were on the top of the mountain. And, and of course, this is a really weird year, right? Looking back over the last 12 months, right. so much of life has changed and so many people are not doing what they planned on doing in retirement, uh, where they may have been planning on doing a lot of travel and, and so forth. So what advice would you have to the person who has gone past the two weeks and now they're just not completely fulfilled and, and they're trying to figure out kind of what is that next for me? Okay. Oh boy. This is my person. I can't wait to talk to this person. (laughs) This is exactly what I went through. So Josh, I would say the first thing is to understand and be okay with there is a grieving process. It's okay. You'll be absolutely fine. So I would say if you already left that job, you have some money in the bank or you sold that business and you're still not sure what to do. I don't care how long it's been. Number one, I want to make sure you that you did go through that grieving process. If you had some depression, guess what? It's normal. You're okay. It happens to all of us. Why? Because you didn't have that certainty. You weren't getting those needs met before. And now you have none of your needs being met. You're a human being, right? So this is normal. Now it's time to do those things that you maybe always dreamed of doing that you just didn't have the time for. For me, the first thing I did was I wrote a book 
that I didn't publish. It was a family legacy book, it's like 500 pages. And I wrote about my life, my first 50 years of my life that I am so, was so excited when I got to the end of writing that book, I realized it was something that I give to my kids, my future grandkids, future great grandkids, that they get to find out all of the highs and lows and how I ultimately, you know, found success and achievement because I didn't come from money. I didn't come from having contacts. I didn't have the know-how. I was not an A student, yet I achieved something that I'm very proud of. And that's why I wrote that book. And then I wrote this second version, which is that much more condensed version that I published more of just the, the business side of things, which does cover a lot of the psychology. But that's an example of not diving into just starting another business. And again, if you left your company, you left your business. Um, I'm not suggesting suggesting that you just go ahead and dive in and go start another business. I did a lot of research on um, on what happens when we sell our business and the depression we go through or the that grieving. And the common threads that I read of people who were successful in their transition, it was that they did take a pause for a bit of time. They didn't go jumping into buying another business or starting another business. Quite often, those fail. The follow-up business often fails if we don't give ourselves enough time. And quite uh, quite often, though, the people that were successful in starting another venture, most cases in this survey I read, it was between three and five years or even longer before they started doing something significant again. And for me, I'm in year four, and now I've just started you know, my new venture. So um, I'd say, again, be gentle to yourself. Give yourself, give yourself a little bit of freedom and um, – uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way to phrase that too, because I think there is a lot of pressure and I haven't retired before, so I don't know exactly what this feels like, but I have it on good authority from others yeah. that say that there is a lot of pressure when people retire, their expectations of what that looks like or what that should look like or how they should feel. So I think a lot of people, right. especially guys, that's one thing I've noticed is a lot of guys tend to attach a lot more of their identity in their work, their career, their business, whatever. And I think that is a good way to phrase that. And um, it is. And we, you know, for me, I hated the R word, of course. No, I'm taking a break. I was, <laughs> I was on edge. You know, I would get so mad when somebody would say that. Or one time, I'll never forget, even when I was at the end of owning my business towards the last few years, my dad would say to me, you know, you're getting older. I was like in the mid 40s. He's right. like, you know, you're getting older. You don't want to think about retirement. I'm like, retirement? So first of all, I'm never retiring. Uh, for me, it was how can I turn this around and make this a positive? And for me to turn it around, it was how can I take this freedom that I have to help others? And maybe if you're on listening to this podcast and you grew that business or you rose up the ranks and up to that corporate ladder, maybe your next mission in life is how can you help other people get there? Mm, yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to think about for sure, because that's, that to me gave me the juice and the energy. It's like, oh my gosh, I can help other people do what I did. And that kind of re-energized me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you and your wife get to do now, right? Together. Uh, You get to have that sense of contribution together. So that's great. What about the opposite end of the spectrum? If you were to kind of look back at a a young, hungry college student, uh, maybe the Frank of many, many years ago, what advice would you have for them that you wish somebody would have told you back then? Wow. Um, Well, one of the things that I did, and it was by by sheer passion and, and energy, it's you know when you're in your 20s, I say work your butt off. First, first of all, um, 
I look back on the medical sales career, you know, I started out on, on this interview by saying I wasn't fulfilled, but I can't also bite the hand that fed me. In other words, I learned so much from that medical sales career. So if you're in your 20s and you're working in a job and you're like, I'm not happy, you are learning a skill set there. For me, I learned sales. I learned how to work autonomously. I learned how to interact with these world-renowned surgeons and just being able to speak um, in, 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 you know, type of uh, location and to be able to speak to these folks was really for me something I would have never had the opportunity otherwise. I had world-class training in customer service and sales. So if you're getting all those things, I want you to know that you're not wasting your time. You are getting a skill set. But I would tell a young <laughs> a young Frank that go ahead, work your tail off while you have all this energy. And fortunately, I did that. I put a ton of time in. No, I didn't have a great work-life balance. But you know what? For me, I get to have that financial freedom now today because of all the hard work I did in my 20s. Because believe me, when you get to your 50s, you're not going to want to work 80 hours a week in your business. I, at least I, I know that I don't have that same energy, but back in my twenties and thirties, I had so much drive and so much gas in the tank that you want to use that gas in the tank because um, it, it will reap the benefits long-term. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, uh, Frank, for, for being here today. Thanks for sharing with uh, our listeners. And I think you're a great example, not only to, uh, to again, to your family, uh, to your kids. I, I love the idea of writing the book, too. That's a, a huge piece that'll be there for forever. Uh, the best stories always are people who kind of go through challenges and struggles and come out on the other end of it. So I think you're a great example of that as well. Thanks for joining us. And uh, for those of you who have not read the book yet, uh, Running With My Head Down is a great read. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I hope that was helpful for you. Um, please like our podcast. If you've got coworkers, friends, family that would benefit from this, please subscribe and also pass it on to them. Have a wonderful week and God bless. The opinions voiced in the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor.